Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a health and mindset coach for women with autoimmune disease just like you. I absolutely love helping you tap into your self-healing power, uncover the energetic side of healing, and release limiting beliefs around your body and your life. Think of this podcast as everything you wouldn't hear at your doctor's office. It's a place for empowered souls to move beyond food and heal themselves on a soul level. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Now let's begin. Welcome. Today, my guest is Dr. Brenda Walding. She is a holistic wellness and transformation coach, and she specializes in supporting and empowering women to truly heal and thrive. She's a doctor of physical therapy, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, Tao Flow yoga teacher, heart math certified coach, and women's holistic health advocate. Can't wait for you to hear all of the wisdom that Brenda has to to share today, but also her own story, which is so powerful and transformational, and I think will inspire you all. So let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Brenda. I cannot wait for the listeners to be able to learn from you and all of your experience. I I know that you have a powerful personal story having dealt with chronic illness uh, of your own. So can we start there? And so people can get to get an idea of the path that you've traveled to get where you are today. Yes, absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and excited to share with all of your listeners. Um, Yeah. So as far as my story, it's my spans over the past 10 years plus, it really started for me. I, you know, was 
pretty much healthy, seemingly healthy my whole life, a division one athlete in college, just training my whole life, feeling good, feeling vibrant. And then once I got married, uh, went into physical therapy school and moved to a new city, all these life stressors kind of happened. And then I started to feel, you know, chronically fatigued. And then I broke out into rashes that were covering my entire body. And those rashes ended up staying there for about two and a half years. So I had these oozing, weeping, horrific rashes. And then I just started to feel, get sick all the time. And nobody could figure out what was going on. You know, I'm sure some of your listeners can relate to that as, you know, doctors trying to figure out what's wrong. Can't really figure it out. I didn't know really anything about nutrition or lifestyle. I was just, you know, an athlete and going to physical therapy school and um, working as a physical therapist and then trying to get by. And things just started to get worse. And I came down with a really um, serious infection that caused me to go on disability for my job. So this is my late 20s. And I ended up in bed, covered with rashes, hair falling out, just wanted to die. Um, Essentially, you know, what does my life um, come to? And so it was a really challenging and dark time for me and not knowing what to do. And I took four rounds of antibiotics in a month and a half and I just kept getting worse. Yeah. And they just, you know, I had, was, I was um, seeing an immune specialist. People were flying in all over the country and uh, to see this man and I, they still couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so I had, you know, pus all in my mouth and my throat, Mm -hmm. rashes over my body, couldn't sleep. Um, without packing my body full of ice. Um, so it was a really, and this was right after I got married. So this mm-hmm. was our, our honeymoon phase. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, um, yeah, so this is what, this is the, the radical shift for me. What happened is I ended up kind of started looking around for answers and I came across an article called Natural Solutions to Drug-Resistant Infections. Mm. And in it started talking about wild Mediterranean oregano oil. Mm-hmm. And you'll appreciate this because you love essential oils. Yeah. Uh, and I started to take it just because I was like, what the heck? And um, the infection went away in three days. Wow. So after you know, struggling and for the first time in months and months, I started to get some relief from my ra- the rashes on my body. Mm-hmm. So that was the huge opening for me into natural healing and mm-hmm. looking at things from a different perspective and starting to explore. From there, I started to explore diet, nutrition, lifestyle factors, slowing down, looking at, you know, how are my thoughts affected, you know, my, my body mm-hmm. and um, started to see natural and holistic healers and really started to, re- you know, unpack what was going on layer by layer, healing my gut. And things started to improve. Mm-hmm. So I was really focusing on, um, so then I, you know, became a nutrition practitioner. I went into Qigong and yoga and really started to expand my, um, my healing, my definition of healing, so to speak, mm-hmm. and how to, you know, heal from a more holistic perspective. Yeah. So I learned so much. I learned so much. And that was about eight years. And I finally got back to work, feeling better. And I just, I really had this almost compulsion about mm-hmm. healing myself. <laughs> like yeah. I have to fix myself. I have to heal myself. It's probably some of you can like super strict on my diet and um, learning, learning, learning all the time. 
and it was like a full-time job uh if you can if you can relate to that Mm -hmm. and um with the with a focus of really desiring to start a family to to have a strong enough immune system to has to have a baby and then a few years ago about that time when we were getting ready to start a family then um we were decided to go to italy and start this family i was feeling really good and then right before about a week before after working out i was poking around on my muscles in my chest and i found a breast mass mm. And so I was devastated. I knew in my heart, like I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't a good thing. I knew that this was something serious and it just really brought me to my knees. And um, so needless to say, we didn't start the family and, but it really got me thinking, you know, I've been so focused and so disciplined about my healing and I've healed so much. Like, what am I missing? Like, what am I not getting here and just having this really deep soulful conversations with God. And, um, you know, I can't keep, you know, this whole thing of like, I'm, I can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And like, what am I missing? And so instead of going out and researching and, you know, polling everyone, I just really got still and quiet. And I was asking, you know, in the middle of the night in the dark black room of just crying, and saying, you know, God, what do you want me to do? And because I knew for me, I wasn't inclined to go the traditional conventional route of chemo and radiation. And so I just really didn't know what to do. And I heard, you know, in the stillness, I heard, you know, if you're going to survive, you're going to have to learn to listen to your heart. Mm-hmm. And that for me was, I would have had a like, complete calm come over me. Mm-hmm. And then I knew that was truth, but then I panicked because I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I don't really know what that means. Like, how do I listen to my heart? How do I listen and and how do I navigate this seemingly really serious situation? Um, Listening to my heart, like, how do I do that? So that was my, been my path over the past three years and really diving into the emotional and the spiritual aspect of healing. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of came full circle. And it's been, you know, cancer has been one of the greatest gifts for me that I truly was able to dive into myself and really learn who I am and to love myself and to love my life and to find more joy and meaning. And so that is kind of the, the abridged version of my story, <laughs> even though that took a little time, but yeah, it was spanning over a decade. So lots of life lessons and lots of learning and mm-hmm. yeah, just really changed how, um, how I live my life. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing with that, all that with us. I think that many of us can relate not only to the, the darkness and the closed door, like shade shut darkness of just crying because we don't know if we are going to get through this. And uh, I think that, you know, you've, you've brought up that illness has actually been this gift and this teacher. So what are some of the things that, you know, maybe when you first were diagnosed or just first started having health challenges, you would not have seen as a gift, but eventually found to be a message or a teacher for you? Oh, 
so as far as what I've found as a gift, you know, I have realized that with the darkness, there's, there's always light and there's always dark, you know? And so, you know, at first, sometimes you label, you're so quick to label things as bad mm-hmm. or wrong. And, you know, one, one example of this is I chose a very unconventional path of healing. Um, and when one of those paths for the, for the cancer journey was to go to, um, and went to California to this alternative medicine, cancer healing center. And so we ended up spending our entire life savings and selling our home from California. I live in Texas. Mm -hmm. So my husband, amazing man, just picked up everything and we moved there, um, to get this treatment, sold our home. And so that was devastating and seemingly very bad right in my mind and as um and even when i went there i was trying to avoid having surgery or getting a mastectomy and um because we were hoping to shrink it enough to be uh the the mass enough to be a candidate for this um specialized uh surgery that helped to that froze the mass Mm -hmm. so it didn't work after all of it after all of that it didn't after like fifty thousand dollars it didn't quote unquote work the way that I had wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I still felt that, and I felt called that the next step was to have this mastectomy. So we drove across country back home to move out of our house in two days. And because we had sold it and then I'm facing surgery. And so moved into our in-laws condo mm-hmm. and which was on this little lake. And it was the most it was a time of just like, what does that really mean to fully surrender? Because everything was gone, like our savings, our home, mm-hmm. our everything. And it was some of the most beautiful times after surgery of just spending time in nature at this little lake condo with my husband. And I fell in love. I, I grew so, so much. I realized how much I love nature and how much I don't need all the things. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful time of self-reflection. And then we ended up full circle. Now we live on that lake. Wow. We have a house that we bought mm-hmm. with a view of the lake. And so I would have never come out and lived in nature like this before. But now I love it so much and it just feeds my soul so much. So mm-hmm. this is just an example of yeah, learning to not being so quick to label things as bad and just really learning to flow with life and to ask, you know, what am I to learn and how, um, cause there's always, there's always gold. Yeah. And we always get that choice, right? Like we can choose to like, in your example, losing $50,000, or you can choose to see this gift of this beautiful home that you now have and that reconnection to nature and just like making your soul happy. So I, I didn't catch at the end of your story, and I'm sure listeners are probably wondering this too. What, what stage are you at now in your healing? Like, is the cancer gone? Yeah. So I, after doing lots of different alternative medicine, deeply, deep emotional healing, I even came across um, a man that had a cancer healing center in the jungle, in the Amazon jungle, and did a lot of I learned some of the um, indigenous plant medicines and just had a wild, this has all been my heart led journey of like people crossing my path and like learning from and following my heart in this healing process. And so after the mastectomy, 
um, you know, when they did go in there, they found that like it had not metastasized. And so um, I think all the work I had done prior was really powerful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm doing great. And just, you know, now I'm focusing on as part of my own healing journey, my call of my heart is to help now to help other women Absolutely. and to support other women in their healing process, which as you can probably really is part of the healing. It's part of it uh, my purpose. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much healing in sharing your story and also then sharing the wisdom that you've gleaned over all your trial and error and experimentations as well. Absolutely. So in your book, Brenda, you wrote about wholehearted healing and the nine essentials to this wholehearted healing process. So can you give us a little overview of what that looks like? Yeah. So wholehearted to me Um, what I describe in my book. And for those of you that don't know my book, I just recently came out. It's called Sick of Being Sick, The Woman's Holistic Guide to Conquering Chronic Illness. Mm -hmm. And essentially it shares my story and it shares these, what I call nine essential, wholehearted healing, uh, nine essentials to yeah, living a heart-centered life and to healing from a heart-centered perspective. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I really focused on healing myself, trying to fix myself. And I think so many of us in this world, we're, we're kind of dealing with an epidemic of chronic illness. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's all about fighting against, you know, waging war against disease and fighting and trying to fix and trying to find answers outside of ourselves and really um, focusing a lot on the physical mm-hmm. physical body, which is which is understandable. And that's what I was doing for eight years is like, I did the diet, the nutrition and the supplements and like really laser focused on that. But I was really neglecting the spiritual and the emotional and even the mental aspect of healing and who we are. That's who we are as beings is we're spiritual beings having this human experience. We have different dynamics of who we are. And so when we just focus on the one on the physical, we fall short in terms of, yes, it's foundational and yes, it's important. So I think that's one of the things that I really wanted to share with people when I talk about wholehearted and this holistic approach is really don't forget that there is this whole spiritual and mental and emotional aspect of who you are. And so when you're dealing with chronic illness, there's all, we always have to address that. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then the heart centered, you know, like I mentioned in my story is that whole prompting by the divine of of learning to listen to my heart. And so for me, that is, you know, kind of getting out of the head. We're so focused on, you know, listening to the thoughts in our head. And in this place of fear is like, how do we learn to die, like, you know, get into our heart to be able to be, to navigate our life from that place, Mm -hmm. from our highest self, because it's never the answers and the power to heal is within us. Mm -hmm. And so is interesting. My path took me to heart math. Do you, are you familiar with heart math? Yeah, I am. But I don't think everyone listening is maybe just like a, yeah, the heart math Institute. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, so because I was such a, um, someone that's really in my head all the time, it was really great to find this institution called heart math, which does research on the power and the wisdom of the heart Mm -hmm. and the science behind that. It's fascinating. And so it, 
It's fascinating. So I, I, I got certified in coaching that and I do that a lot with my clients is using those technologies and techniques and, but it bridges the gap between those people that really, it, you know, it appealed to my left brain to understand that the heart is more um, than just listening to the heart. It's not just this woo woo thing. It's actually based in science. And so that was really uh really powerful. And so I started to learn how powerful the heart is and techniques to access the in, my intuition. Mm -hmm. And that's where the whole hearted um, healing approach comes in is, is, is describing that and learning to live from the heart, cultivating qualities of the heart, like love and compassion and forgiveness, mm -hmm. courage. And um, another powerful teacher of mine is Brene Brown um, mm -hmm. in her work talking about wholehearted living. Yeah. So yeah. So anyways, and so the nine essentials, I can share those with you if you want me to Sure. go over those. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so the nine essentials, just number one is taking responsibility for your health. Um, number two is um, creating a vision. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really powerful is creating a vision for your health and for your life and harnessing that power of thought, word, and, and feeling. And then the third is thoughts and beliefs. Beliefs are really powerful. Um, the fourth is um, emotion, emotional body. And then the fifth is live to thrive or key lifestyle factors that I share that are really important in anyone's healing process. And then six is uh, eat, drink, detox. So talking about nutrition and hydration, detoxification. And then number eight is uh, connection, authentic connection and relationships, which is super powerful. Sisterhood has been incredibly powerful um, in my healing journey. And um, the last is trust and surrender. Beautiful. Yeah. You mentioned fear when you were talking about the heart part of this whole hearted process and I'm really glad you brought up fear because that's one of the questions that I get asked almost the most is is like I'm afraid I'm living in this place of fear how do I get out of it so I'm curious how fear impacted you and your own healing process but also if anyone listening feels like they're living in this place of fear and panic survival mode how do we get out of that Mm, I think that it's probably fundamentally one of the best uh, questions slash uh, topics to address because isn't that so true that it's absolutely terrifying like when you're dealing with any kind of illness especially even like cancer when you're thinking like you know for me it was the fear of dying mm -hmm. and then underneath when I really unpacked that for me it was the fear of dying haven't never fully lived. Mm. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And like, cause I, when I really reflected, I realized I was living my life for other people and I really hadn't fully expressed who I was and really lived for me. And that's what, again, we talked about gifts, like that fear mm -hmm. of dying, having never fully lived and having cancer was the gift of going, Oh, like I'm not like the only antidote to that is to live fully now. Mm -hmm. for however much time I have left, you yeah. know, so that was super powerful. But to answer your question, yeah, fear is, I think for a lot of people, it's, 
something we want to get out of as quickly as possible and to try to get on the other side of it. And in, I think when we, it's, it's important to know that when we're feeling fear, you know, first of all, I always tell my clients, you never want to make a decision from that place. We're always operating from a place of fear or love. And so getting into your heart and getting out of fear is super important, but how? And uh, <laughs> it's a great question. So for me, uh, and some of the greatest teachers I've had is that all honest emotions are, are good emotions. All, so fear is like being able to touch the fear with love, to love and to touch and to stay and to breathe and to feel it, mm-hmm. to allow it to move. And so fear transforms into our faith if we can touch it with love and breathe and stay and allow it to be there and listen to what it, there's a part of my book where I talk about letting your fear speak. And so maybe it's journaling, maybe it's listening and then allowing that, that fear to move and then invoking an elevated emotion. Mm -hmm. So not trying to push it away, but feeling it, listening to it. And then like through heart math, there's some techniques of, combining the breath with an elevated emotional state which allows you to kind of move into that heart coherent place or that place where you can access the heart so it's a really really powerful to realize that you have that power to uh, feel your feelings and to move that energy and and shift your emotional state yeah yeah i love that those are really good uh tips as well to move out of that fear and really just choose love so I know you also talk about our belief systems in your book. How do our beliefs impact our health and well-being? I think it's, I think it's so important. I think it's one of the most important things that's often overlooked uh, and not really um, addressed at all. So, for example, and this is, you know, regardless of, you know, your, what you call God or source or the divine, if you believe at your core from your, so many of our upbringing, our beliefs come from our upbringing. And a lot of times from the, the, the ages from zero to seven. Mm -hmm. So we really absorb everything from our parents, our families, our culture, and we formulate these beliefs or this lens, this lens through which we see the world. And for example, when it comes to healing, if we believe fundamentally that God or this, you know, the source of, of all that is, is punishing us in some way for being sick or, and, or for, for being wrong or doing something wrong or sinning. Um, but on the other hand, we have this deep desire to heal and that's our dream and our vision. It's like this belief can often get in the way from us actually choosing to receive the, uh, the healing that we have within us, the healing power that we have within us. So sometimes our beliefs around religion, around life, around who we are, about our limitations can kind of undercut our uh, desire and our ability to heal. Mm-hmm. So it's an important thing to look at. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. So... And I think so many of us, so first of all, our beliefs are not something necessarily that are like 
on our clothing, on our skin, like you can't see that. But also that many of these autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses are also seemingly invisible. Like whether it's a physical symptom, a limiting belief, emotional trauma, all of that, it's, it's not necessarily something that we wear on our outer shell. And so that's where we get this like term invisible illness, right? Like someone might look fine, seemingly fine, but when really like they are, they're in some of their darkest moments of their life or they're really struggling. So I know you mentioned having some dark moments like that. And also, you know, you've experienced an invisible illness. So how do, how did you cope or how would you suggest that people cope when they aren't necessarily like being seen as sick or people maybe don't believe them that they don't feel good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've definitely been there and, 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 and having experienced that um, allows you to, to have a lot of compassion because you never know what somebody else is going through or dealing with. And that's so important for us all to understand and to realize, to have compassion for other people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as far as that goes, I think that's also for us to realize that we've all judged other people at other times in our lives. And so knowing that sometimes people are relating to you and not, they're kind of stuck in their own story and their own stuff. And so they're not really understanding or relating to you um, from that place of, of knowing really what's going on. And so having that mindset of, of, of compassion mm -hmm. for, for others and for yourself as well, I think that's really important. Um, but uh, as far as dealing with the emotions, I think for me, there's, uh, sometimes there's loneliness and sometimes there's shame uh, or guilt. It's like, why can't I figure this out? Why, why am I dealing this? What did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think getting stuck in that story, that mental story of, you know, I've done something wrong. Why can't I'm, why am I not smart enough to figure this out or good enough to figure this out? Mm -hmm. I think we have to be really careful and, and be aware that those stories really keep us stuck in our fear and keep us stuck in that vibration yeah. of where it's not conducive to healing. Right. And so having that compassion for ourselves so that we can be in that place of, of, heart-centeredness and when I say that there's this this optimal physiological state of where the systems of the body are um, functioning in harmony and that's that state at which we heal and we repair but we're in this state of fear and and sadness and anger and we let that stay there and deplete our bodies that's that's not a state conducive to healing so when we're in that state of blame and judgment for how, you know, about, you know, not being able to get well or have, being in that shame place. We're in this vibration where we stay stuck in this place of, of not being able to fully heal. And so I would just say that out loud so that if you're resonating with that and you feel those things, knowing that that's normal and it's okay, but like, you know, realizing like you don't want to stay stuck in those places. And those are just stories that you're telling yourself because you know, it's normal. We're all, we're human to have those emotions. Yeah. I love talking to about how moving, like there's certainly a place for nutrition and for medicine, but I love moving beyond that to really get to this deep soul work and talk about the limiting beliefs and the emotions, but also spirituality. So has 
spirituality or your own intuition guided you along your own process at all? Or do you incorporate any of that into your book? Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. I think for me, when I say, you know, learning to let my heart lead, that is part of the spiritual journey of really, really connecting with that God or that divine within me and recognizing myself as um, a unique aspect of divine creation. Whereas before in my upbringing was more of like God's out there and I'm here and we're separate. And, you know, whereas now realizing that the power that created me, that created the universe that turns embryos into babies and beautiful sunsets is actually within me. Mm-hmm. And if I can recognize that and I can allow that same power to heal me, like there's people, and I've, I've been fascinated about studying people that have healed from catastrophic illness. And there's always this spiritual component of connecting with that, the source of all that is that has this ultimate power to heal. And so I think when we don't, we don't tap into the spiritual aspect of who we are, then we do have a hard time fully healing and thriving Um, you know, I talk about healing being this return to wholeness Mm -hmm. and it's so much more than a sick body made well. It's this sense of being connected with your soul Mm -hmm. of being connected with all that is. And I think that, you know, mother Teresa talks about spiritual deprivation being the most, um, the biggest factor in the suffering of the world. Wow. And I think that's so true is when we forget who we are. So essentially healing to me is about remembering who we are Mm -hmm. and reclaiming that and, you know, who we are as spirit, who we are as divine creations. That's beautiful. I found in my own process of healing chronic illness that I was so disconnected from any sort of spirituality, like there was zero of that in my life. And through chronic illness, I woke up and I discovered that. And now it is a huge part of my life that, you know, I'm doing my rituals and like my spiritual practice and meditation every single day. And it's, it was a huge part of me that was just... I didn't even know it was missing until I got sick and then I realized it was missing and that there was this part of me that just like was not fulfilled. So you have overcome so much between chronic illness and autoimmune and and breast cancer. And so I, I just believe that these illnesses and conditions, like they teach us so much. What would you say are some of the things that you've learned the most? um, And that you'd like to also then share with the world. I know we talked about, you know, taking your struggle and and kind of turning it into your purpose, but now that you, you've started to do that, what do you feel like are the main messages that you tried to then give across to your clients and your community? Yeah, I think you touched on um, a couple of things there that I would like a thousand percent agree with is, and the message that if we can shift if anyone that's dealing with a, a quote unquote disease or a diagnosis or mystery illness, um, 
that are struggling with their health in any way, if we can shift our perception and real and and recognize that disease or this dis-ease that's showing up in our world is a an opportunity mm-hmm. for radical growth and transformation. If we can just shift the way that we are looking at that, mm-hmm. you know, instead of like this horrible thing, it's like, like you said, for so many, and it's not just you and me, it's for so many people that have had, you know, have healed from catastrophic illness and, and illnesses of all kinds. It's like, it was the thing that woke them up. It was the thing that ushered in radical amounts of joy and meaning and fulfillment and connection. And so it's like kind of like that thing that's like, hey, like for me, hey, Brenda, wake up. Like there's so much more to who you are into this life. And I think if, if, by, if you're listening and you're struggling and you can hear both of us sharing that, it's like if you can start to, to think, oh, man, maybe this is, is this presence of symptoms or challenges is a wake-up call for me to dive deeper into my heart and to my soul and that there is some powerful beautiful things on the other side if we can shift can be this beautiful catalyst for creating a life that we love like that's the possibility mm-hmm. that we if we can shift the way that we're thinking about what's happening in our lives and our circumstances and so that was one thing, disease is divine opportunity. And I think the other thing that you touched upon that um, I, I would, it was the same for me was I make my spiritual practice and my, my routines and my rituals as non-negotiable. And it's such a powerful part of a healing practice and what I do with my clients as well. And I think that um, it, I think that's one of the most important things in and practices in practicality that I would say is a morning practice that we, I stop, I slow down, I meditate. I have an intention and a vision for my life and, and what I'm moving into, what I'm co-creating and, um, and a remembering who I am as divine because I have 30 plus years of, of beliefs and things that say the contrary. So I have to have that time to, Ah, to remember and to shift, you know, if I'm in the fear place, if I'm, if I'm struggling and I have to, to take that quiet and really go within. And so I think for anyone listening, I think that is one of the most powerful, important things if you're wanting to do overcome and to really thrive is to create some sort of morning practice or healing practice in your life like that. Well, now that I know that you also love essential oils, I'd love for you to also <laughs> let us know which ones are your favorite or how you might incorporate those into your ritual or healing too. Oh, goodness. Um, yes, as you know, the essential oil rabbit hole goes, goes really deep <laughs> so as, far as, as far as that goes. But yeah, I, um, I use them every morning and as a, in my rituals, um, a beautiful, uh, one of my teachers just taught me this practice and I, I do it with my clients of putting an essential oil in my hand and rubbing it and breathing it in and rubbing it on my hands and my heart and my head. So hands, heart, head, and then I say a prayer. And um, so as far as my favorites, uh, I love, I love clary sage. I love frankincense. I love wild orange. Mm. Um, I gosh, there's so many of them. I love in, you know, I think you work with doTERRA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, I love balance. Balance um, is my you. favorite of like <laughs> life. It'll, I think it'll always 
be my favorite because I tend to be this like upper chakra airy like dreamer and I am always grounding to yeah I need the grounding and balance is exactly that like this grounding blend with lots of like root and tree oils blended into it that like bring me back into my physical body because I oftentimes try to jump out of it. So yes, I would agree. Beautiful. Yeah. So yeah, so many, so many beautiful, I'm very, uh, I love plant medicines. I love the, uh, the beautiful plants that heal us and teach us. And yeah, yeah, they are They're little gifts from the earth. And I know I appreciate them so much in my own healing practice and also love sharing them with other people to give them that experience that maybe they've never had before. So I know that you have a gift for our listeners. I'd love for you to tell them about that and just let them know where they can learn more about you. Yes. I, so I would love to offer uh, a free electronic copy of my book. So it's sick of being sick, the woman's holistic guide to conquering chronic illness. You know, we shared some of those nine essentials and you can dive into that. Um, in the book. And so if you want to download a copy of that, you can go to www.sickofbeingsickbook.com and grab a copy there. So, uh, and if you do and you enjoy it or you have any comments I'd love to hear, you can also um, email me and uh, contact me and let me know how you like it. I can't wait for everyone to be able to read this. Brenda sent me a copy this past week and it's just been amazing to read more about her story and really see ourselves in someone else's healing journey, even though they're different. It's like, we're all human. We're all going through this human experience and experiencing a lot of the same challenges and struggles, even if it's not the exact same. So is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up today, Brenda? I don't think, I don't think I I have anything else except for just thank you for your time and thank you for listening. And I I, I do have one more thing actually is Mm -hmm. I really believe there's a beautiful quote by uh, Dr. Christian Northrup that talks about when one woman heals herself, she heals all the women that came before her and all the women that Mm -hmm. come after. And I do feel like this discipline and this practice of, of reflecting and going within and to really to heal yourself um, and, and I know that there may be men um, listening to this as well I really resonate and work with women and um, but when we heal ourselves and we do that emotional work and we dive into those dark and scary places and we rise above we are healing the world and we're healing each other and so it's Um, so I honor and acknowledge all of you for your, wherever you're at on your healing journey and, um, you're all powerful beyond measure and extraordinary. And so, um, so just thank you for who you are and and everything and the path that you've walked. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story and your wisdom with us today. Appreciate you so much. <laughs> Hi everyone, the, the show notes will have that link that Brenda mentioned to download her book. So you guys can all go download it there and, and thank you again. Yes. Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. As mentioned, you can get Brenda's book, Sick of Being Sick, in the show notes. And this book goes into her nine essentials that she hinted towards today on the wholehearted approach to healing, powerful tips, tools, and daily practices for your radiant health. 
can't wait for you guys all to take a look at it. I have been reading it and it's really, really powerful. So go check it out. And I also wanted to let you know that starting next week on Monday, January 7th, I'm going to be hosting a free four-part mini-series in the Autoimmune Tribe Facebook group. This series is called Empower Your Inner Healer, and it includes tools, methods, strategies for you to awaken the healer that is within you and start to activate that power that is so innate in your soul. So each day I'll be going live in the group for a little mini lesson on how to specifically go through step-by-step, empower that inner healer inside of you. And I can't wait to host this training. This is my third time hosting it, but each time looks a little bit different. So if you'd like to join us for that free training, come pop over into the Autoimmune Tribe Facebook group. I'll also put a link to that in the show notes, and I'll see you guys on Monday, January 7th as we begin.